Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of Tra travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. <laughs> they have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty. Forever game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. I am back. It feels great to be here with my two besties. You guys killed it on Friday without me to the point that I wondered if you even wanted me to come back, uh, but I'm here. You're letting me talk into a microphone again, so you're stuck with me at this point. I will say this. I Just coming back from Utah, Provo, Utah is one of the most beautiful places I have ever been, and I wish I had taken my RV from Mid-America RV because I would still be there. It was 40 degrees, snow in the alpine trees, just beautiful mountains surrounding you in this valley. Seriously, underrated area. And I was telling Mello, walked off the plane, Starbucks and a brewery. So the myth about Utah not having <laughs> caffeine or alcohol is a lie. It's everywhere. So just gotta have them, you know, the boulevard people send you some beers. No joke. Next time I'll I'm actually going back out there in June to hike, as you know, and I will be taking a cooler full of Boulevard 100 because nothing is better post hike than a good beer. Nothing is better. And that Boulevard 100 will be my spot. Also a smart hiking tip. Shape. Manscaped trimmer. You don't want. I was chafing. just gonna say. I was chafing. just gonna say. No chafing. <laughs> Manscaped. Uh, two guys twenty is the promo code to save you twenty percent off. Uh, I did get some feedback from our friends at Manscaped. They love how active you guys have been purchasing the product. So keep using that promo code. Keep tweeting at them. They love it. We're doing a great job, which makes all of us very happy. So you guys keep shopping. I tried to show mine off. Page I heard. I listened to the podcast. <laughs> because... I didn't get to see it. Yeah, apologies for the YouTube delay. Anyone who was really upset, uh, we did have a delay um, this past week on the YouTube. But, you have to um, edit out Mello's bush? Is mostly because Mello tried to <laughs> flash bush. the camera. Yeah, no, that that was close call. It was He was feeling a little free. He felt, you know, he was alive and well by himself and was like, let's just show this off. But I'm glad we we pivoted and, and moved on, much like we should probably do right now and get him I want to, speaking of mowing, though, speaking of mowing, oh, I Lord. did something this morning. And I'm very proud of myself. Okay. Oh, talking boy. about manscaped, just talking about mowing. It's mowing season. It I purchased a lawnmower. Uh, okay, good for you. Matt just like I knocked out did. my first mow of the season right? this week. Did you? I knew oh, you yeah. did. I knew you did. Damn it. My yard is not there yet. I have a, a very shaded yard. I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, it's close. I think Saturday, I think I'll be on that mower Saturday. This can't this wait. this may come as a surprise to you guys, but I have never mowed the lawn outside of my house. I'm going to be clear on what I'm talking about here. I've never done that. So um, I lived in Arizona, mostly rock there. And Real then grass. lived here. We also yeah. have rock. So our backyard has some grass, but yeah, no, no. I haven't mowed a yard since I was 22 years old. I'm not going to do it. It's probably going to hurt more. It's, been. it's a, oh, I'm riding, honey. I ain't pushing shit. <laughs> yeah i'm be kicked but back still, i feel like because of the i feel like it's still gonna cause an issue <laughs> it's kind of hard to ride and drink at the same time is it yeah it's a two-hand <laughs> operation i need the helmet well my cup holder is in my on my left side and you drive left-handed so do i yeah so it's it's a weird like this is where i need emmett mic. emmett's got to ride lap and grab my beer for me there you go. i'll figure it out okay let's get into what happened friday I was standing, I want to set the scene for you guys. So I'm standing oh. at the indoor practice facility at BYU. And I'm standing there and John Lynch and I make eye contact and we don't like each other. We make eye contact and there's this little head nod. He was thinking, I'll beat your ass. I was thinking, maybe I should go apologize. Please don't beat my ass. Neither thing happened. But we, we, we lock eyes and there's this like, you know, one of these, if you're watching on YouTube and you should be. <laughs> so I walk over to our ESPN set. I do a quick hit. And then I walked back to watch more of the workout. And John had like really separated himself off. They had it roped off as part of the, the workout. And he was like way over to in the corner, like away from everyone else. And I'm like, what is he doing on his phone? I'm just, okay, what's something happening? And then I'm standing there talking to Joe Douglas and GM of the Jets. We're just chatting it up a little bit. And everyone there must have Adam Schefter's tweet alerts on because everyone's phone buzzes and we all look down it's like, like it was an, an Amber, Amber Alert. alert. Exactly. <laughs> and it, there's just this moment of everyone just looks up like, oh my God, 
and I lock eyes with John Lynch again, and he's just got this shitty grin on his face. And it's just like, I mean, Zach Wilson's pro day was the story of Friday until this moment. Yeah. After that, like Zach's workout was impressive. No one was talking about it. Everyone was talking about the Niners trade up the domino effect of the Dolphins slide back from three to 12, then come up to six. It yeah. felt like an NBA trade mm-hmm. to have all the movement. I didn't get to talk to you guys about it uh, because I was in Utah, but man, it, it was exciting. And I just want to get this one little bit of being a fan out real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for realizing that I was right. And that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback and it's time to move on and to take three first round picks and a third round pick and say, we're going to three. We're getting a quarterback. If you don't get it right, you're fired. So you better get it right. But I love the options that will be on the board. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. A lot of people have asked me who I want. I want Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I want that athletic side to the quarterback position, but here's the deal. I trust Kyle Shanahan. Maybe I shouldn't after CJ Beathard, but I trust Kyle Shanahan. If he says Mac Jones is our guy, I, I, my evaluation doesn't say that, but I'm going to trust him. Just when you think you're out, they pull, they pull me right back. You can. Right? Yeah, I don't I even it. know if you get to be excited about this because you jumped off the bandwagon, but I will say, sorry, Melo, to cut in before you, but I will set the scene of what I was doing. I was had gotten up and I was working on a Friday morning and I had called a friend and I was on the phone with her and we were having a very serious conversation about something. Just, I don't even remember what it was. And I was like, oh my God. And I just like screamed. <laughs> and she was like, what, what, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm sorry, the Niners traded up. And she was like, what? And like, obviously this is a friend I've had for a very long time. And so she's very aware of how I am. And she was like, what happened? And so we like completely pivoted into that. And then like probably Pivot. 20 minutes later after, yeah, I keep using that all the time now. Um, after we had like talked about it for a good 20 minutes, um, I was like, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. What were you talking about? And I just felt so bad. So if you're my friend, I'm so sorry that I uh, cut off, cut you off like that all the time and have like ADD when it comes to like sports news. If I see it on my phone, I just like immediately can't think about anything else. But I was so happy and so excited. I will tell my take on how, who I feel like we should take what people were saying to me about Jimmy Garoppolo because I received so many messages about that um, and clarify um, my takes, I guess, on on that specifically. But Melo, what were you doing and what did you think? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot there. Yeah, I am. Um, I had a late night on Thursday. <laughs> so are you sleeping? Um, to celebrate. Uh, no. What and were you I, celebrating? I, I, <laughs> <yeah>. Being alive. <laughs> <laughs> In general. <laughs> You should do that every once in a while. I agree. Time to just celebrate those small things. And that's what I was doing on Thursday um, at the great Club 609 here in Joplin. I was doing, had a little bit of a rough morning. Um, and I was scrolling through Twitter in the bathroom and saw the <laughs> alert. Not really. Actually, um, all Thursday night was true. Uh, I was getting gas so I could mow <laughs> on Friday nice. and standing at the pump and the phone starts blowing up. It's like, what the hell is actually going on? So I saw the trade come through, fired off a couple tweets about it, and then started mowing. And then when I got done, it's like, wait a second, the Dolphins are trading up? Like, what happened? I thought I missed something. Yeah. I thought something got messed up or that they were redoing it. So I spent like 30 minutes trying to figure out what the draft order was, what picks are going where. But it was it was very exciting to see. It. And for Miami to trade all the way back uh-huh. to 12 and then come back up to 6, I don't even know if they'll stay at 6 or they're just going to wait it out. So I think they will. Um, well, I, I know this is next on our rundown, but sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say also shout out to producer Matt, because he was the one that I like, that was the, how I found out about it was pro- producer Matt texting us in our group text because he's also a 49er fan and knows that we are. And it said it yeah. to us. And I was like, and cause I was on the phone. So I wasn't like paying attention to any of that, but um, got that text message. And it was like, holy shit. Okay. This is really happening. And but, I didn't know um, how you guys would feel about it. Cause there were a lot of draft picks given up for it, but. The thing is for a quarterback, you have to, to get a quarterback. So, and here's the thing. I will say this now. So many people were like, Oh my God, are you so sad that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I've said this on this podcast. The reason that I didn't think that we should worry about getting a different quarterback was because I didn't think we were going to trade up to be able to draft a good quarterback in this class. I didn't say that Jimmy was a better quarterback than the quarterbacks in this class. I just didn't think we were going to be able to get one because they were going to go. I mean, they've said what now they're not going to fall out of the top six, top eight. Like 
So I wasn't under the impression that we were going to get a decent quarterback. And with that being said, I hope the pick is Trey Lance and that's what we go with. Um, I obviously am sad to see Jimmy go, but I, and I mean, right now he's not really going anywhere, but still he will. Um, but it, the fact that people really thought that like, just because he has a, a nice face meant that I thought he was a better quarterback than the quarterbacks in this draft class. Come on, y'all give me some more credit than that. Let's just take, stop DMing me about it. I don't care. Yeah. Leave me I alone. Think so not to make this a Niners podcast, okay. we is. could, but I will say this. I've seen a lot of people whom I respect making like jumping to conclusions about which quarterback Kyle Shanahan will like. And I want to, I want, I'm writing about this. You can read it tomorrow on the draftscout.com. One thing is let's not look, thank you. We can't always look at who someone used to like to predict who they will like is football and in life. Okay. That's just a good rule of thumb. We also can't say for sure that Kyle Shanahan will be making this pick. John Lynch is the general manager. And a lot of people assume that Kyle runs things, but John Lynch is still very involved. He was at the pro day on Friday. Kyle Shanahan was not. John is very, very involved. They will be at the Alabama Pro Day next week, John and Kyle. So I, I don't like Chris Sims is obviously a very good friend of Kyle Shanahan. And I am, I love Chris. I loved working with him. I learned so much from him. He's so smart. He's a great human being. A lot of people are looking at Chris Sims liking Mac Jones and saying, Niners are going to draft him. Niners are going to draft. You know what? I, I've worked with him long enough to know that Kyle doesn't always tell Chris everything. And that sometimes Kyle might tell Chris something that is purposely wrong. Just like Mello knows this. I've had friends who were high up on teams. They purposefully told me wrong things and people would be like, but Matt's friends with that guy. So what's it going to be? So you just have to be careful. I, I don't think that Chris liking Mac Jones means that Kyle Shanahan likes Mac Jones. That that's going to be the pick. I go back to something that Kyle said in December after Josh Allen beat the shit out of the 49ers. And he was like, my thinking has changed. You need to find people who can do elite things at the position and then build around them. Elite things is Justin Fields running a 4-4 or Trey Lance's deep ball ability and athleticism. That's yeah. elite. Mac Jones, you could say his accuracy and his processing ability, they're pretty elite. But he's limited in terms of arm strength. He's limited in terms of mobility. In 2021, do you want to trade three first-round picks for a guy who's limited arm strength, limited mobility? I don't. That's so, not me. So I have two questions. One do you think that there's any truth to the Mac Jones thing, or do you think it's a lot of smoke? And also, did you see that there's the rumor that like, okay, they're skipping Justin Fields, is it Justin Fields pro day to go to Mac Jones's? And do you think that that's like, people are reading too much into all of this? Or do you think there is some truth to them evaluating Mac Jones to see if he's worth so that pick? Something people have to understand is that due to COVID, each team has allowed three representatives at a pro day, just three. So what the Niners are doing is they're splitting the baby, basically. Adam Peters, who diehard Niners fans will know Adam Peters is the best evaluator on this team. He's going to Justin Fields Pro Day at Ohio State, where Kyle and John will go to Alabama. Here's the thing. It's not just Mac Jones Pro Day. It's the Alabama Pro Day. Where are the most fucking prospects in the 2021 draft coming from? Alabama. So it's smart. It's not just Mac Jones throwing by himself. It's not the Mac Jones pro day. That shit pisses me off. It's the Alabama pro day. So this is a team that still has a lot of holes to fill. It's yeah. smart of them to go to Alabama to evaluate Alex Leatherwood and Landon Dickerson and Patrick. Yeah. I mean, they can't draft him, but the rest of this roster. Right. And so that's how I see it. I, I do think that people are, people want to be the folks who are like, I see I was right. Remember yeah. the senior bowl when everybody was like, my friend lives next door to Deshaun Watson's agent and the Niners are getting Deshaun Watson. Guys, okay. I, that was the one thing that I was like really nervous about was 49ers Twitter. And we've talked about this a decent amount because of the quarterback discussion. Um, I'm nervous because I, I just feel like no matter what quarterback we choose, if they have like a semi bad showing in a game or two that it's just going to turn into this, like, Oh, it's a bust. Oh, we messed up. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's the other thing is like, I think you even tweeted this. You, you can draft up a lot of teams draft up and collect draft picks and all of that. You have to hit on those draft picks. So this isn't just like a done deal. We've talked about this. Not all of these quarterbacks are going to pan out. Yes. There are a lot of very good ones here with a lot of great potential, but the reality is, is you can mess this up. And so the other thing um, is, I know most people would be surprised because you love Zach Wilson, but like 
now what is going on with all the other teams that were sort of involved in this and moved on? The Jets are sort of involved in the sense of like whoever they take will impact who the 49ers take. What's your kind of take on what is happening with Zach Wilson and the Jets? He will be the pick. That's my take on it. And I spoke to someone at the pro day who, and I said, you know, John's here. Do the Niners think they have a chance? And it was like, no, everyone in the NFL thinks that the Jets will take Zach Wilson. I will tell you that uh, Zach Wilson's dad, who actually played linebacker at the University of Utah back in the day, spent a lot of time with Joe Douglas and a lot of time with Robert Sala and a lot of time with Mike LaFleur. A lot of time. The, the three, the four of those people were together a lot. So the Jets were well represented and they spent a lot of time with Zach Wilson's dad. Talk, and I overheard some of the conversation. I'm not going to share it because it's not, I don't feel like that's. Do it. No, I'm just kidding. Do, but. <laughs> Um, I, I do think that Zach will be the picket too. And I think the Niners knew that there was a report. Ian Rappaport tweeted it, then deleted it, that the Eagles tried to trade up to three. Yeah, they were only going to do that if Zach Wilson was on the board. And obviously they found out that Zach Wilson would not be on the board. Remember Joe Douglas, where'd he work last? Philadelphia. So the Eagles, how did Rose make a call? Be like, hey man, we're thinking about trading three first round picks to get to three, but we're only going to do it if Zach's there. You think he's going to be there? Joe could be like, I probably wouldn't feel great about that okay, we're not going to do it. It's that simple. And I don't know if you guys saw Urban Meyer told Peter King that that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the pick one. Not that there was any suspension, you know, suspense to that, but I I think it's going to go, it's going to go Wilson or excuse me, Lawrence Wilson, a quarterback. And then I even think Atlanta takes a quarterback at four right now. I think we see four quarterbacks in the top four picks and the Panthers at eight, if they stay at eight or trade up, we're going to see five quarterbacks in the top six or seven. Mello, since you're Panthers. They do try to trade up though and get to something like Atlanta. If maybe you like Matt Ryan a little bit and you can get three first round picks because that seems to be the going right now from like the Patriots or the Panthers, I think you at least have to explore that option if you're the Falcons. So you don't think that we're done seeing the trades within the, the top 10 of the draft right now? I mean, it all depends on what Atlanta wants. If they want a quarterback, they're going to sit there or maybe right. they're going to think, oh shit, we really liked three of these quarterbacks. Now they're not there. Now there. we will trade down. Because, I mean, they might be stuck with a Trey Lance and Mac Jones and say, no, don't want those guys. No, thanks. So we'll move off the pick. I I don't know. It's exciting that we don't know really what's happening with yeah. the draft. We're a month out and we yeah. still have a lot of uncertainty. I think number one, number two overall, pretty solid feel about that one. But even with three, uh, I could see the 49ers taking Mac Jones. I was just going to say, the, what do you, who do you think that they'll take and who do you think they should take? Since you're I not think biased, they will take Mac Jones. Uh, I think that even with like some of the stuff that Sims said about having a quarterback that's ready, giving up that much stuff, I wouldn't trade up obviously for a Mac Jones, but maybe they will. If not, I feel like it's Justin Fields. That's gone. That's Trey gone. Lance is just going to be the guy, the oddball out on that one. But I definitely why? think it's going to be one. Why of though? Why? I don't why love that. Would they take Mac no? Why? Jones? No? Why would? why is Trey Lance the odd man out there? I really don't think he should be. And it's irritating me yeah. that he is. And we're going to regret that. But the other thing that's a part of this is this essentially is the Dolphins saying that like, Hey, we're sticking with Tua, correct? Like I know the Deshaun Watson stuff and all of that, but like, this is a very yeah. good thing if you're Tua and it's your franchise basically saying, we believe in you and and we're going to trust in you and trust this process. Does that, okay, Philly. Um, does that, is that have any implication or is that just like people overthinking that? No, I think that's right. I think trading back from three to 12 and then up to six says we're going to build around Tua. And the beauty is at six, you're one of these three players will be there at six. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, or Panay Sewell. And I know they drafted an offensive tackle in the first round last year. He is not as good as Sewell. And so I think that you look at that and say, okay, if the Bengals take Jamar Chase and it's really pointing that way. Um, I talked to some people close to Joe Burrow over the weekend. It's really pointing that way, by the way, like hard point that way so do they and think then, a, wait how are they gonna address their offensive line then they signed riley reef which i know that's not like oh but fixed i just i, I will say yeah, this just... <laughs> i have been told that burrow is advocating for jamar chase and so the point is he feels comfortable with the offensive line and so it's like hey i'm good with this group if you add him in and if you remember last year before the season I, I actually really liked the Bengals offensive line before the year. Now they played like shit. I think some of that was due to like continuity and, you know, COVID. There's a lot of young pieces. Yeah, that line. but I liked that offensive line. So okay. if they can just have a year together and add in a veteran like Riley Reef, 
if you had Jamar Chase with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, holy shit. Also, like if you can't protect him, find a way to get the ball out faster. Yeah. Well, and in classic Joe Burrow fashion, he's like, whatever, I'll take the hits. Like, give me somebody I can throw to. Like, he like literally doesn't care. He's that badass. All right. I love that. I love that. That makes me happy. I could be a Bengals fan, like real quick. Like it wouldn't be hard for me to be a Bengals fan. I don't like the color scheme. I mean, you guys know I love Joe Burrow. So I literally have a Joe Burrow shirt that's Bengals colors. So, Uh, but I will say, I do think, I think Chase at five is starting to solidify. And I think the Dolphins knew that, okay, if Chase goes five, Kyle Pitts is going to be there or Sewell's going to be there. And they're in great shape. Like six is a beautiful spot to be in this draft. I feel bad for the Lions. Like you're probably going to have to reach for someone. If the Panthers stay at eight, they're probably going to have to reach for someone. Like it's just not a not a great spot for them to be in. Well, if the Panthers stay at eight, they could still get Trey Lance and sit him behind Teddy for a year. Yeah, I think that would be a really good situation I, for not, all of them. Not to backtrack something that you said earlier. Like if it's Mac Jones, I won't be surprised because this franchise hates me. But the the fact that they're keeping Jimmy for a year makes me think that it might be one of the developmental guys. Yeah. Hope. Maybe that's my glimmer of hope. I also think that with the Jimmy G, like, oh, we're going to keep him for a year. Remember, like, the, yeah, he's our quarterback right now. Yeah, he's our guy. Right. What was that? Yeah. A couple of yeah, weeks we'll ago? See. Yeah, we're going to keep him to do what? To be a backup, just in case? Hey, what are you keeping him for? I don't I don't know that he's going to be the starter. I think when you trade up, quarterbacks are just ready now. But if you're taking a guy like Mac Jones, I don't think you're sitting him for a year behind Jimmy G. Yeah, there's probably, no point trying to go all in uh, you have you were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago you have a team that when healthy is very good I, I think you're making a push right now and you think that quarterback position can set you over the top also like Mac Jones ceiling is a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo in my opinion yeah, and I've been wrong about some things before well, like yeah. to me that's his ceiling Thank you for saying that, though, because everybody's been like, well, he could be the next Tom Brady because he's like not really athletic. And And I'm like, that's not that's not real. Let's not do that. Please. Let's not. (laughs) That is way too much. At his best, he could be the next Matt Ryan. But smaller (laughs) stretch. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. At his like if he hits every marker, he's Matt Ryan. All right. Yeah. And I'm not a Matt Ryan fan. That's that's tough. Remember when people thought the Niners were going to take on his contract too to reunite him with Shanahan? Man, the rumor mill is Matt just Stafford or it's just miserable. Um, but the, something the that is happening, Niners might have the worst rumor mill in football. this season. I don't know what happened. They've tried to tie themselves to every possible quarter before it was That's the what Jets. You had a bad one, yeah. Before it was the Jets, and now it's us, which is so bad because we're not bad. Like we were, like the you said, we were literally just in the Super Bowl. And I want Mello's opinion on this because he is unbiased. I trust Joe Douglas as an evaluator a lot more than I trust John Lynch as an evaluator. Oh, I do too. Like a lot, lot more. Yep. Okay. Good. Very, very much so. Also, Joe's just a cool ass dude. I could like be a fan of every team but my own at this point. Yeah, I, like, seriously. I could be a Bengals fan or I could be a uh, rough time Airweather fan. fan. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. out on the ticket. Any other still. teams. Right. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, but the NFL did move officially to a 17-game season. I don't understand why the players were tweeting upset about this when you literally voted for it. And you I, knew I, it was coming. Yeah, it was It was a formality. And also, the fact that the salary cap's going up in two years that you're all going to benefit from, guess what? The 17-game schedule is a big part of that. So when you, when you see those cap numbers jump in two years and you're all so excited, it's because the NFL took 17 games to CBS and ESPN and NBC and said, Hey, give us more money. It benefits everyone. If you're Except like in me, I hate it. You hate, hate 17 games. I hate the 17 games because game. it's not an even number. Cause it's not an, an even, even number. number. 16 was so perfect with the way the schedule lined out. Uh, so I, I hate it. Teacher, wait, till wait, everything off. wait till they add one team teacher mellow <laughs> and expansion. Team. No, you have to if, add at least two. If you're like a MLB player, you have to be like so annoyed that there were NFL players complaining about 17 games. Like mm-hmm. you just have to be, cause like I get that football is different and you could not play 162 games of football. That would be insane. But like baseball, awesome. baseball is very strenuous too. And in certain ways for certain players and 
having to play those like back-to-backs, double headers, like all of those things yeah. can be really exhausting. So I just thought and it was kind of funny. If you have the day off, it's a travel day. It's yeah, not exactly. like, oh, hey, let's just sit around. It's like, nope, yeah. I'm on a flight going to the West Coast. You're like more, you're like equal parts away that you are home. Um, it's, yeah. if not more. Um, so yeah, no, I thought that was just hilarious that people were upset. I agree. I don't really see the point of it, but I mean, I get when it comes to like money and TV that that's part of it. But I hope the the game is on like Nickelodeon too. They make more games on Nickelodeon. And that would be fun. Yeah. Matt will love that one. Yeah. I'm such an old man. <laughs> you are. Yep. I, I understand the need to bring this younger generation along. My son is seven and a half. By the time I was his age, I was obsessed with football. You know, he's obsessed with watching other kids play Fortnite. Like, so I get it. Like, that sounds like a parenting thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's definitely not enough football in his life. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, Maybe that's it. I was sports obsessed by the time I was his age, like everything. Like I was watching Jordan and the Bulls. I was watching football. Was your family that way or was that like? No. Okay. Not at all. No. Just because like I, Mel was like, thanks. Um, Just because like I grew up in like a sports household. So for me, like that, that was second nature. But I think it's like to expose the kids to like whose parents really aren't big sports people. Our parents are not sports fans at all. Our dad could maybe name five NFL teams. That'd be a fun thing to yeah. do to him actually um yeah i wonder if he can name any active players mahomes. like he might be able to hit mahomes or brady yeah but that's, that's it so i don't think he can name a third yeah that's adorable. yeah that's definitely it he would probably throw jerry rice in there <laughs> yeah, who's that who's that montana guy or right. wyoming where Ma- is he what's right. that movie where he's like that joe montana oh exactly. i think it's one yes. boy <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, So some sad news before we get to our questions and our Walker little interview. Sad news, maybe sometimes moving on to good things. Shaka Smart has left the University of Texas. Sometimes you got to go before you get fired. This is the, you know, your wife is going to ask for a divorce. So you move out anyway. And you can tell your buddies, yeah, I left. I left. That That sounds like a very Matt specific. That has never happened to me. You're you're like, move out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go see ya no this is like when you're when you get called into the office and you know they're gonna fire you and you're like you know what i quit you can't fire me that's what shaka smart did he was getting fired he was i don't think he should have but he was getting fired it's texas he was probably getting fired like that's the sad part expectations of texas are way too high yeah way too high like i say this all the time you got to know who you are Mm -hmm. texas is a school that should compete for the big 12 every year nothing more they're not there yet so good for marquette happy for them Good for Shaka. I hope he gets back to what we saw before Texas. I don't know who the hell they're going to hire. Whoever Oregon, who's Oregon's coach? Go get him. Dana Altman. Uh, Altman. Dana, Dana Altman. Altman. That's who I want. Go get Dana Altman. I mean, I'd be happy with him leaving the the Pac-12, but he's not going to leave for Texas. Hey, y'all got slapped in the face over the weekend, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> Pac-12. To Pac-12. No, they, no, they didn't. Came back to earth a little bit. USC, no, they didn't. We USC lost one game, be. and then the other game we lost. We're still 11-1. and one. By the way, so calm down. 11 and 1? Yes. The game they lost. Well, I guess 11 and 2 now. Two Pac 12 teams. No, no, no. Colorado, Colorado. So 11 and 2 or 12 and 2 because we lost one game to each other. That 11 seed's crushing it. You guys. Okay. UCLA. You get to claim that. I think you get to claim what an 11 seed is. They shouldn't have been an 11 seed. They shouldn't have been an 11 seed. That's the point is no one watched the Pac 12 to give them proper seeding. I, I can't wait until like. Here's the thing about you Pac-12ers. Y'all do this. Nobody watches the Pac-12. So we move your games to noon, and you're like, this is an unfair advantage to other teams. We can't wake up early because we're too busy surfing and smoking weed. It's actually not that. What do you want? It's actually Do you want people to watch your games? It's actually early. Okay, take a moment. It's actually more so that we're on the Pac-12 network, and nobody has Pac-12 never. I don't even have the the Pac-12 network. Okay? Because Larry Scott botched every sort of deal we could have gotten with a major network every sort of deal because he was so greedy and now we are getting a new commissioner okay and they are going to turn things around thank <laughs> and, you and they're gonna four years and we'll be on youtube tv <laughs> that's better than the pac-12 Pac network 12. that's better than the pac-12 Why? network because no one likes the pac-12 no one sorry I like wish I could come through this screen and like take you out honestly <laughs> you know sometimes I say these things just just to, to make me off, mad right? yeah I trust me I know right. But there was no swear words. That was good. <laughs> We're improving. Right? Oh, man. My bracket's still doing great, by the way. Mine's at 69%. So, 
Nice. Thanks. Not do, so nice. do you want to know what mine's at? 95%. But, really? Yeah. 95% from a guy who knows who is your winner? Michigan. 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 Yeah. Michigan is the school that I bounced because I said I can't have three number one seeds, but Ooh. I still really like them. I did that with yeah. Illinois. Or I did that with Michigan too, actually. But yeah. Illinois got Fuck Houston. Like I really thought they were gonna <laughs> I had them going this far and losing. So I'm I'm we'll see if the uh, page is showing everyone the beeves or whatever. What was that tweet? Well, 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 look at okay. our beeves. First of all, I had been wow. tweeting our beeves the whole tournament. And then I said, well, 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 look at our beeves. And sure enough, and also this, that's a bleacher report office thing. Like anytime you like bandwagon a team, you say like, oh, our whoever. And so I was going with our beeves and I was like, well, 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 look at our beeves. And everyone was like, Paige. And everyone started adding yeah, you guys. Careful. And I didn't, that's not even the inappropriate tweet that I was ready to send that day. It was my Oral Roberts tweet. What was, was your accident. Oral Roberts tweet? Down goes Oral. Because they lost. Uh, pretty good. Again, I'm just not going to make my Oral Roberts. Jokes. Yeah, let's no. just not. I think we should maybe take a break and come back with some questions. We've got an interview. Yeah. Yep. Sound good? Yep. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by one of the best offensive tackles in the 2021 draft. That's Walker Little from Stanford. And Walker, I want to take us back two years before the 2019 college football season. I had you rated as the number one offensive tackle in the country, was ready to watch you just whip ass again following that 2018 season, was like, this guy's going to be a top five pick. Unfortunately, you get hurt. We haven't actually seen you play football in about two years. How do you feel going through? I know you've been working with our guy, Duke Mannyweather. I'm sure he's oh. he's doing his job down there. Yeah. How does it feel just going through the process of kind of like practicing with Duke every day? Yeah. No, I mean, Duke's been a huge help. Obviously, like you said, it's been a little bit. So, again, uh, you know, getting with him, being able to work with him, uh, especially with a lot of the O-line technique, um, and also just the opportunity to kind of get with him and be around other offensive linemen again uh, was really a great kind of thing. kind of felt like we had an O-line room there, especially in this combine training and stuff, and got to build some good relationships, compete a lot, and learn a lot from each other, and then obviously from Duke as well. What kind of – who else was there with you guys that maybe helped drive you and – compete with it was with Duke yeah and there was a ton of good guys uh I mean in terms of tackles uh, Alex Elwood was there uh Rashawn Slater um Brady Christensen um Colvin Lennon and then a lot of the interior guys like Trey Smith uh Creed Humphrey um Kendrick Green um guys from all over the country and there's there's some really good tackles out there um, really good interior as well so it was, it was fun to to talk talk ball and just you know work together so I'm actually really happy you're here because we just got into an argument on our show before we started uh, this interview about Pac-12 football, because I went to the University of Arizona, obviously not known for football, but I mean, hey, we're getting there. We got a new coach. We'll be fine. Um, but what would you say to people that hate on the Pac-12 and what is something super important that you would want them to know about Pac-12 football? Yeah, I mean, Pac-12, it's... You know, it's good football. It's competitive every single week. You know, there's a lot of really good guys. And I think just the guys that come out year in and year out kind of speaks for itself. There's great talent that's always coming out of the Pac-12. Uh, obviously, Stanford's had a big reputation of producing you know, talent, um, but as well, um, all across the Pac-12 each year, there's great guys that come out and prove themselves, you know, day in and day out in the NFL. And so I think that is a lot of speaking to towards the talent um, that we have out there. And uh, But yeah, I mean, I get a lot of the people that, Southern bias, especially when I'm a Texas boy. So I heard all about it when I made the decision to leave Texas and go to Stanford. But um, it was a bit, it was a great decision. And I got to play really high level football out there. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that Texas love very soon because <laughs> Melo and I are Texas fans, so we got to get to that eventually. But uh, going back to you know 2018 season, uh, who were some of the guys that you've gone against, whether it be in practice or on the on the road, you know, playing against other teams that that maybe you felt like, okay, if I can handle this guy, I've got a shot to play in the NFL for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I thought we uh, we played a lot of really good teams. Uh, I mean, USC had some guys. I remember Port Augustine was there, like my sophomore year. He was a really strong, tough guy, and he's doing really well with the Browns now. Then Bradley and I was a guy for Utah. He was really good. Um, Notre Dame always had really good edge guys and just good defenses overall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just playing the Pac-12 schedule, Oregon had some really good D-lines while I was there. And, uh, as well, they had two really long edge rushers one of that sophomore year. So, 
Um, we got to face talent, you know, week in and week out. And Sanford always did a good job at having really good schedules. And then Northwestern, my junior year, that one game we did play, they had some good, they had a really good defense. Um, so, yeah. What about guys you faced that were just huge shit talkers? Anybody that just get <laughs> under your skin and, and drive you nuts, you know how those defensive linemen can be. Yeah, honestly, like, I, people ask me that a lot, especially about my buddies. Like, when I come back from playing, they'd be like, oh, like, dude, how is it out there? You know, there's just shit talking. I'm like, sometimes I feel like, especially, like, on the line, it's just, like, we're all just big guys, like, working our asses off day, and, like, they play and play out. There's not that much time between, like, catching your breath between plays and start talking shit. Sometimes when you get in the piles and it's a close game, yeah, there might be a little bit in there, but oftentimes it's just you kind of worry about doing your job, and that deal, I'm just kind of worried about his doing his job. I feel like a lot of the, more of the trash talking between those wide receivers and DBs who can just run forever and don't really have to worry about getting tired. You don't get hit out there either. Like you exactly. piss off a D lineman, things are going to get dirty. Well, that's, six, what said, that's what I was saying, too. I was like, you piss off like an offensive lineman, they're just going to run like a deuce to your side and double <laughs> That was fun. Well, so you are a Texas guy, and there's been a lot of debate over the last year, especially when we were bored without sports, um, about who produces the best high school football products. Texas, California, Florida, and I'm guessing I know what you're going to say, but what would be your reasoning behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think last year there was like some crazy number of first rounders that just came from Texas, even just like Houston alone. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think every year Texas produces talent. I think if you look at just quarterbacks too like the highest level position there's so many from texas every position though um i can't i can't even debate with people about that it's just like i think the numbers speak for itself the talent's there and uh it's not going away either there's guys coming out a lot of texas kids coming out in this draft alone my high school alone is three guys so uh that are going to be you know hopefully high draft picks so Speaking of those Texas quarterbacks, uh, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs, a player you get compared to a lot when I talk to guys around the NFL is Mitchell Schwartz, who, yeah. uh, again, he's worked with Duke Mannyweather. I'm sure you've probably heard that a few times. Yeah. Have you met with the Chiefs yet, or what teams uh, can you tell us that you have talked to? Yeah, I met with the Chiefs last week. Um, it was good talking to the line coach. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been compared to Mitchell Schwartz before. Which, I mean, he's an all-pro guy, so I, I take it a lot. Uh, um and I mean, he's the technician, really great guy, and it's done a huge job of you know, protecting the five hundred million dollar man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great player, and I, I take that. I'm with a lot of pride. Well, if you do get drafted at thirty one overall, I'm going to need you to not screw up because I am a Chiefs fan. Uh, but <laughs> no what pressure. Do you think about like the left side versus right side, are you, are you more comfortable yeah. on the left side? Would you ever want to play right tackle? I mean, yeah, I mean, my college career is I played left side, um, but no, I mean, I, I play either side. I've told coaches that too. I have no problem playing either side or if they need to play interior, I'll play interior. I just want to get out there and play, uh, especially for as long as it's been without me playing. I'm just so ready to get out there. I'll play wherever they want to put me. What are you going to be doing on draft day waiting for that phone call? Yeah, I'm just going to be with my family. Uh, I'll be home here in Houston with my uh, parents and maybe some, a few close friends just watching in and, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for, for that weekend and uh, to see where I go and see where the, the next team is. And just, you know, I'm really excited just to be back on a team again, back around guys and ready to start playing. All right, let's get weird with some of these questions instead of just the fun football stuff. What is your favorite movie all time? Uh, probably Friday Night Lights. I know it's kind of the- Oh, the guy from Texas, of course. <laughs> but that's a great movie. Now, what about the series? Did you like the series? Because I I watched a lot of the series, series, but it gets so far away from. Thank like, you. Thank you. It gets I so like, like a lovey kind of thing. <laughs> and like, then I'm like, oh my gosh, it got person. so good. No. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. It's it was definitely a good series, but yeah, it gets away from like the essence of Friday Night Lights. I feel like Jason Street would have been the first pick in the draft eventually. That's yeah. my that's Jason my take. Swing it for sure. Right. <laughs> that's fair. Um. Do you have any hidden talents that you can share with us? Hidden talent. I'm good at cooking and like baking. I'm really good at that, which is kind of, a, is I guess, talent. a hidden talent. That's an excellent hidden talent. I can't do any yeah. of those things. So I bet that's where the Mitchell Schwartz comparison comes from. My man's got a cookbook yeah. out there. So people uh, are like, oh, this <laughs> let this tackle from the Pac 12 who's really smart and a technician. Oh, and he can cook. He's Mitchell Schwartz. Yeah. There's nothing else. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. That's, that's great. Uh, what are you most proud of on or off the field? Um, 
I mean, on the field, obviously, I had a lot of success and just competing with my guys and everything we were able to do out there was huge. Then all the field graduating from Stanford was a huge accomplishment. I was just kind of able to do um, a lot of hard work went into that, too. So just the culmination of the whole Stanford experience. I'm super proud of everything I was able to do out there and as a team, what we were able to do. So as Matt said earlier, we are both Texas fans. Why did you leave the state of Texas? That's not something you see a lot of guys do through the recruiting process. And you went out to Stanford. Uh-huh. So what pulled you away from the state of Texas? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of pressure um, going up here to go to Texas. And uh, it was obviously an awesome opportunity. <laughs> Sorry, awesome opportunity to go there. But uh, at the time, it was just, you know, a different time than it is now. Actually, kind of similar. You know, a new coach came in, um, new regime. Um, they got there kind of right at the end of my recruiting cycle. Um, whereas you had, like, a lot of stability there at Stanford, uh, Coach Shaw, and they just come off of, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Solomon Thomas going like six and nine or wherever they went, both top ten. Uh, and then obviously the education, it's just, it's hard to compete. And I, even when I, when I tell my Texas buddies or anyone that was going to Stanford, no one could really refuse it or like refute it. Exactly. Um, it's kind of hard to, to, to say, Hey, you shouldn't go get that education. You shouldn't go play a high level football there. Uh, so yeah, I, I, all those things kind of factored into, but yeah, it was a tough choice leaving the state that I love and obviously I'm back now and I'll, I'll try to be here in the off season as much as I can. Uh, one more question from me. It was before you got to Stanford, but it's a hot topic on this podcast. Uh, How much do people there talk about the fact that Christian McCaffrey should have won the Heisman over Derrick Henry? Does that get brought up like daily at Stanford? I don't know about daily, but like, <laughs> like as soon, and like we went through a similar thing too. Like when Bryce loved my freshman yes. year, and then he got there. Sorry. Yeah, and like so like that whole season, like it was constant. Like we're just gonna get the West Coast bias again. Like it's just happening again. And yeah, there's some sour feelings about that. But yeah, I mean Christian McCaffrey had one of the craziest football seasons ever. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry is who he is, but um, yeah, I mean as a Stanford fan, I, I definitely think he should have won it. But he didn't even Derrick Henry didn't even have his two best games until after the Heisman was announced. So I just think that, that was a little ridiculous. And Christian broke a record that coming. stood for 32 years. He did this on purpose because he knows it's the hill that I will die on is that he deserved that Heisman. But obviously I watched back 12 games and then to have people admit that they didn't even watch him play just made it worse. But it's exactly. fine. they just see they just see like close. I mean, but it is hard when our games are kicking off at like yeah, it's true specific time and we're not getting on until 10:30 central time. It's tough to stay up. I had coaches text me all the time, like, hey, like. I tried, but I fell asleep. We'll <laughs> <laughs> see at halftime. Tough. My bad. Yeah. Tough. All right, man. Well, that that's all we have for you today. Awesome. We appreciate your time. Uh, good luck. And I know Mello's hoping that you'll be in Kansas City very yeah, soon. I, I think no, you I just go too. ahead and tell the other 31 teams, like, I'm not going there. I'll be in Kansas City. <laughs> I don't care when they draft me. I don't know about that, but it would be pretty cool to play for them. Uh, great franchise. So. Pull an Eli Manning. Be like, I'm only playing for the Giants. But you can I'm only playing for the Chiefs. Sorry. I don't know if I have quite that that power that Eli had. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. But we appreciate you, man. Good luck, and we'll, we'll all be rooting for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you all. Yeah, thanks so much. We're back. And it's time for your questions. We've got a mixed bag for you today. So I'm just the tip. Some paging two guys. You can send all those in all the time. You can DM Mellow. You're just the tip questions. You can tweet them at us or you can leave them in your Apple podcast review. We love it when you do that. First question, Mellow. It's just the tip. Can you hit on a girl you do not know who is in another girl's picture? So you have to message the girl you do know, but you'd be hitting on her friend. I don't see a problem with this. I don't either. I love it, actually. Yeah, I, I think this should be a more common thing. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, uh, your friend's cute. What's her deal? It's that easy. Depends on your relationship with that girl. If you've hooked up with that girl, if you like that girl, if you've Oh, you can't do that. Don't do that. But if she's just a friend. If she's just a friend, but I mean. She's like somebody you went to school with. Yeah, I'm, I would do it. Yeah, I would just say evaluate. I think it's situational. Well, you want to also make sure you have a good rapport with the person you're asking. Yeah. If she has a bad, you know, feel about you. You're it's a waste never of your time anyway. Girl, yeah. So that probably just eliminates like half the profile pictures that you're viewing anyway. That is I, I think that if you've got a good relationship with somebody, you'd be like, "Hey, I think your friend's really good looking. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. I, I mean, what do you have to lose? Like, she's gonna hate you more. I mean, if you're asking her via like Instagram, you're probably not that close with her anyway. Uh, I say go for it, man. I don't feel like it's even hitting on it. It's like, can I get information on a girl who's mm-hmm. in another girl's picture? Yes, you can. Yep. Yes, you can. 
Same for the ladies too. Oh yeah. You see a picture of me, I'm taken. Mellow's in my photo. Be like, what's up with that guy? I'll tell you. What's up with that guy? It looks like a pretty cool Pitt State Gorillas bus. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> Mine would just be like out. a picture with you too. And I'm like, they're sure. <laughs> right. Yep. Right? This is them. Okay. This is them. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. You'll understand yeah. why they are the way they are. Yep. Exactly. What are we going to do? Okay. Second question from Nick Bowers. What is your favorite Seinfeld episode? Mine is easy. It's the contest uh, where they go uh, Google it. I don't know what to say about it. See who can last the longest. And Kramer lasts like five minutes before he comes back in and he's like, I'm out. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I think it's the best. Is it without so. masturbating? Yeah. Okay. You can say that on a podcast. I just didn't know how to do it. <laughs> say masturbating. It's okay. Masturbating. Oh, <laughs> right. So I feel like you're teaching again. Um, I don't know. Cause I've only seen the first two seasons. I'm even so, worse. I, I have I have I've probably maybe seen a few episodes. I've seen the episode with the one that was like, you want to pitch a show about, you know, and he's like, hey, about nothing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like that little like thing that we've laughed about because it's sort of what our podcast is about. That's the only episode yes. I've seen, like the full episode that I remember. I do feel like I need to like spend some time post-draft and watch it all. Cause I I, oh, I enjoyed the first two seasons. I'm not yeah. one of those people who's like, oh, it's stupid. I just I don't that's, have a lot of free that's time. That's me and friends. It's like the episodes yep. that I've seen, I like. I've just yeah. never taken the time to sit down and watch them all. Yep. But Seinfeld is one of my favorite sitcoms. Like, I didn't put it on my 90s sitcom, but because uh, I just, that was like a different vibe. I was going like a childhood one. Mm -hmm. But as far as like The Office and Seinfeld go, they're right there neck and neck. I love both of those. Yeah. I feel like Seinfeld has to have better lasting power because The Office gets bad after Michael leaves. It does. Or after Pam becomes a well, And I've always said this about Seinfeld is that it's so great and does withstand the test of time. They didn't change the characters. Yeah. Like who Elaine and George were on day one, that's who they were when the show ended. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, look, Pam is now married to Jim and Dwight and Angela are together and we've done all this. Spoilers, like, oh. geez. It's been years. It's been 20 <laughs> years. I'm kidding. So I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, it was a next question. Football question. <laughs> next question. From Tyler Reynolds, should we temper expectations for Zach Wilson as the next Mahomes? I mean, the potential's there, don't get me wrong, but he's going to a major market and expected to be a savior. He'll also be with a rookie head coach and offensive coordinator on a team far less talented. The situation is going to be different. Tyler, listen to me. If anyone tells you Zach Wilson's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, punch them in the nuts because <laughs> that is unfair. It's boot. like these people saying that Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady. That's fucking ridiculous. Even if he turns out to be that, no one should be putting that expectation on him. No one should be making that prediction. If it happens, let's be surprised by it. Because guess what? No one thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be who he is now. And I mean that. No one. I understand Brett Veach really liked him. No one thought he was going to be what he has become in only three years. So I don't even see similarities between Zach and Patrick as players. I just, I mean, I guess some of the off-platform stuff, but to me, Mahomes does that more because he has to, not because he can. Like, that interior offensive line is not good. No disrespect. Oh, he, outside of it. Right. So he has to do those things. It's not that he wants to do them. Like, Drew Locke wants to do them. So yeah. that's, I like I Zach Wilson. There, yeah, I, like. I don't think that his arm is as strong as Patrick's. I don't think his field vision is as I good. Think, and Mahomes is like underrated as an accurate thrower too. Yes. It's not just the, oh my God, look at where he can put the ball because of arm strength. It's arm accuracy to mm -hmm. go along with it. Like Josh Allen has a very strong arm. He's a very good quarterback, but the ball placement that Mahomes has is phenomenal. I mean, it's really like, I don't know that you can compare it to anybody like Aaron Rodgers, maybe but it's still so early for Mahomes. And I like the point that Tyler makes here is that that was a great situation that mm -hmm. he landed in with a veteran head coach who was a great offensive mind, uh, had good targets already, like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill right there in-house. Yeah. Wilson's not getting that. He's getting a defensive-minded head coach, and uh, we assume going to be a good offensive coordinator, yeah. but we don't know yet. Uh, so I, I do think with that we Dick need to and Jamison Crowder. Yeah, pump the brakes on what the expectations are especially for uh, Wilson being young uh, I don't think that anybody should set the bar that high immediately I mean if you are I think you're just kind of setting yourself up for disappointment yeah. and that's not a knock against Zach Wilson I would say even outside of Trevor Lawrence like we should temper expectations for this quarterback class because there has been so much discussion about these guys 
and what their ceiling is and all of that. And it is going to depend on who drafts them, how things go for their team. You know, is their team fully healthy? There's a lot that goes into it. So I would yeah. just say in general, we need to chill on the expectations for this specific quarterback class. Because again, in terms of greats, like there are only a couple every decade, not just all in one class. And by right. the way, I, last or yeah, last year's two years ago, last year's class was also equally as good, I guess, if you could, in terms of top two, three. I had to do the math. Oh, I had to okay. think of what year it was. No, no, no. I was thinking 2019 and 2020. I was trying to remember which draft was which. Look, okay. when I say last year, I think of 2019. All right. Don't we all at this point? Because 2020 doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Okay, last question from Alex Lancer. What would you say the percent chances are for Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Jones going at number three? So Zach Wilson, 0% chance. I agree with that. Uh, Justin Fields, 10% chance. Trey Lance, yeah. (laughs) Trey Lance, 45%. Mac Jones, what do I got left? 45%. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I would agree with Mac Jones. I'd put him at 45%. Al Wilson, 0%. I agree with that one too. Uh, And then I would go like 25%, I guess, for Fields. Trey Lance is whatever's left. I don't remember what I have. 20. I like that. Something like that. I don't know. Math's hard. Math is hard. Patience, I know what year it is. Math is hard. (laughs) It's true. I was like 20. Not a math podcast. Not a math podcast. Uh, It's the one thing we're not. I I really. I'm really like I I have a group chat of some like former Niners employees and they're texting me while we're sitting here and they're like, what are you gonna do if it's Mac Jones? I'm like, uh take one of those baseball bats in that corner and start breaking stuff. But they think it it will be. And it a lot of people are pointing it in that direction. And I know Shanahan's like even made comments about getting elite trades or whatever, but like it just seems like a fit. Like he does have a type and that's the quarterback he's gonna go after. And, I don't know. I just I think that's going to happen. I haven't had any intel. Nobody's talking to me about it, but I just think it's going to be Mac Jones. So I'm just going to start praying that it's not, and then hope for the best because that's so. All you, but you point. said you would want Justin Fields, Paige. You would yep. want Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. I mean, I'd be yeah. fine with Justin Fields as well. I don't think you trade up to number three to get Mac Jones. That's kind of my thinking yep. too. I I'm good with either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I like them both a lot. Mm-hmm. You would think I would think that if it were Mac Jones, that they would just trade up to six. Yeah, I don't think you needed to go Eagles. to three. Yeah, exactly. You just went there. Unless oh, you really, man. really like him and you want to get in front of other potential trade-offs. Did you think Atlanta was going to draft him though? Maybe. He doesn't might. seem like Arthur Smith's kind of quarterback. Matt Ryan. Yeah, we're just gonna like sweat this out until the draft. So, um, yeah, speaking of, I get asked a lot what our plan is for the draft, what we will be doing Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, all day. We are figuring that out. Um, I will be exceptionally busy, I will not be on the ESPN stage that I'm not there yet. Hopefully, we'll get there eventually. Um, I won't I'll be, be either. Yeah, Mel won't be either. I'll be doing a lot of like ancillary stuff or auxiliary stuff. I'm an idiot where you know, like Sports Center get up NFL live, things like that, trying to take some of the load off of Mel and Todd. Um, So what we will be doing Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday day, we do not know yet. We will be of course doing this podcast to recap what happens. We'll we'll figure out the rest and let you guys know. Uh, Some of it depends on my schedule. Some of it depends on Paige's schedule. Some of it depends on what Melo wants to do, to be quite honest. So we'll figure that out. We'll pass it along, let you guys know, but thank you to Walker Little. That's our show. Buy some Manscaped, 2 guys 20. Buy some Boulevard, it's all good. And thanks to Mid America RV.